Yeah, this is my life. I'm done trying to convince people I'm real. Sleep, never retreat. Welcome to the Road to the Trials podcast, where we take an insider's look into the training and racing of some of America's best runners as they prepare for the summer track trials in June. And in today's episode, we catch up with Abe Alvarado, who has now raced three consecutive weekends with one second and two first place. And we just get the inside scoop and exactly what that means, how he's running, how he feels into relationship and basically in relation to what his peak hopes to be and kind of what this process looks like for him, because as he puts it in this episode, he's not trying to peak in April and he's not trying to peak in May. He's trying to peak in June. So what does that mean for how his training is going, how his racing is going? In addition, we touch on a topic that if you're not familiar with the track world, you might not know about. And that is race day, especially for someone who runs the 800 does not mean it's not a workout day. So what does he do post race? Because for many of us, post-race means get your feet up and have some nice food. But for a track athlete, it means something completely different. So we get into that as well. Before we do, this episode in this entire series is presented by Coros Watches, Coros Wearables. I love this brand so much. I'm wearing Coros Watch at all times. I absolutely love everything that they're doing. In fact, yesterday, Des Linden just set the 50K world record. What was she wearing on her wrist? A Koros watch. That's right. If I can trust Koros, hey, that's cool. If Des Linden can trust Koros, then you know it's legit. So go over to Koros.com. That's C-O-R-O-S.com. And if you use code trials at checkout, you'll get some free goodies at the end. Go over there today and go check it out. So let's get into it with Abe Alvarado. Abe, welcome back. How are you? What's up? Good yourself? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk to you, my man. So last time we spoke, you had just come back from the Texas Relays. A crazy race story, which so many people have. Um, you know, you ran well, but you didn't quite have the race that you had hoped for. So, you know, getting second obviously isn't the worst thing in the world. But as you told us, like this wasn't just about place. It was about, you know, how about the time and progressing and making sure that you feel like you're running the race that you think you can. And you let us know, hey, got a race next weekend. You didn't tell us that you had a race right the weekend after that, too. So we had like three weeks in a row. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm excited and happy to finally start racing. Um, I, we talked about the first race didn't go as planned, but I think we're we're coming along well. You know, it's still got like two months up until the trials and i think um our progression is, is looking good so far so three meets basically in a row on consecutive weekends what does that look like for you for your midweek training so nothing really changes besides uh not doing you know the two workouts a week or three workouts just you know we we end up doing just one you know a long run um, some slower paced stuff or shorter stuff, um, like 200s or 400s. Um, and then obviously the race, um, you know, we treat it as kind of like a- another workout in a sense, cause you know, we get to do hard effort and then afterwards we usually have something to add on. Um, so yeah, I guess it, the midweek is it, just something less volume or shorter reps or slower paces. Um, that's usually how we'll 
get the legs. You know, we don't want to do too much, but we we also want to do something just because it's it's early. You know, it's early on. We don't want to peak for a you know <laughs> random meet. All right, so we'll we'll talk about that later. We'll dive into the specifics of it, and then also like you know for you, and we'll as we'll talk about later, we'll just kind of give it a little teaser. Race day isn't like a race day for like say someone's running a ten k. Right. It's like that's just one part of your day It's treated like a workout day. And so there's things that are, happen in addition to the race. And it's kind of something that maybe a lot of people who either haven't run track or maybe been a long time well, since they ran track, um, they might not realize that. And also, it's not like you know, back in the day, maybe a lot of people listen to this, maybe ran track in high school where they were doing more than one event. It's like, all right, like you're going out there, you're busting it. And then it's like, what, how do we make the most of this day? So we'll get into that later. Before we do, tell us exactly what meets you had. And before you tell us exactly how they went, how your respective goals were going into each one of those races. Okay, so two weekends ago, we had a homie here in Atlanta. Um, I was scheduled to run the 800. And then this past weekend, I had a meet in Florida. and. Um, I was expected to run an 800 also for the homie. Um, I wanted to go out and test my fitness. You know, we talked about how my first race didn't go as planned. And so I kind of went into it a little more aggressive in a sense. Cause I, I, I said, I wanted to see what kind of fitness I was in. So that was kind of like my approach and it, I didn't run the time I wanted to run, but I was happy in the sense that, you know, I got after it. Like it was a low key meet. Um, I went out with the pacer and ended up passing the pacer uh, about 350 meters in. And yeah, I never looked back. I felt strong to 600. And, you know, I, I came through in 118, which is what I kind of wanted to. Felt strong. And I don't know what happened, but the last 100, I, I timed up pretty bad like more than usual like I'm, I'm known to close hard um but i think i just i just got too excited and, and thought i had it in the bag um like i said at 600 um and i ended up running like 148 you know got the got the win which is great enough but i was pretty disappointed and so you know i talked to the coaches and they're like you're fine like you're not a time trialer you're you know you're a racer um, so that kind of made me feel better because it's it's true. Like I like to just get in these races and not really like think about times, but more compete. Um, so in Florida, you know, going into Florida, this is my third race. You know, back to back to back. Um, I got the rust buster out. I'm I'm starting to come back to me after six months. I'm starting to feel more um, more normal and comfortable. Um, so I went into Florida my coaches told me, you know what, this is, there's prize money. Just go out there and compete. Don't, don't think about the time, just go for the win. Um, and that's what they told everybody. And I think after hearing that, it kind of got some weight off my chest in the sense that I didn't, I didn't go into putting pressure and like, you know, expecting to, to run, you know, PR and cause I, I, I feel like we've talked about this so much, but I, I do better when I just compete, right? Like the time will come. Um, so yeah, like I said, I, I went into it just with the goal to win. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it was pretty windy. Got out and kind of sat and this time really closed hard. Like I wanted the reassurance after, you know, dying the previous week. I wanted to feel that turnover. Um, and yeah, I came out, you know, with the win, which is make, you know makes you feel good and reassured that what we're doing is working. It just um, got to trust the process. Yeah, I was able to see. I think maybe it was you who posted the last hundred of the race that you're talking about now. And, you know, it was basically the opposite of Texas Relays. Yeah, no, like like I said, I think, you know, for after not racing for six months, I feel like your body kind of forgets about the, you know, just how it feels like having, you know, we practice all the time, but it, there's nothing like a race and like having people around you and like, you know, things can happen that are out of your control. And it's not until you race that you get to sharpen those skills. And like I said, like we talked about, you know, I got hawked the first me and ended up getting second and that didn't feel good. And so then kind of went back to what's worked for me and just kind of, you know, stayed relaxed. And, you know, I was able to come from the back this time and really close hard. And yeah, I feel good about, it. you know, winnings feels a lot better than losing. I'm glad I'm I'm kind of like on this uptrend. You know, I was able to run 147.2. It's nowhere near what I want to run, but I think as long as I keep, you know, competing to win, um, I'll eventually get into a, a race that, you know, the winner is at 144, 145, and, you know, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seemed like the guy that you nipped at the finish line was probably a little surprised that you that you were on his heels. He he was obviously like giving it all he had, um, but just didn't, you know, he just looked, he, he looked like the definition of when people say that a runner is tying up. It, it looked that's how he looked on the video that it was like it was all just kind of coming apart for him in the, those last 30 or 40 meters or so and and you really came on strong and do you feel like as a middle distance runner who's obviously run more distances than that in your in your you know your running time and your track time do you feel like the 400 is ba- I mean the 800 is basically the shortest event where tactics and strategy really come into play um Yes. I mean, the 400 might be also comparable because I feel like guys that, you know, you can't get out too hard, right? Because you won't have it the last hundred. So you, I feel like the, in the 400, you also kind of got to pace yourself. So I would say the 400 is the shortest where, you know, tactics still come in hand, but yeah, no, the 800 for sure. Like, like I said, um, you know, it's it's good to get out hard, but you know you still got to be relaxed because you know that that last two hundred, you know, if if you spent a lot of energy kind of fighting it, it's not going to feel good, you know. Yeah, and after Texas Relays, I also spoke with Olivia uh, about her race, and she was talking about how her just not being able to race just like you, where she felt like the the thing that bothered her in that way. Yeah, bothered her is not the right word. But thing that kind of that 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 she wasn't prepared for because of the lack of racing was just um where in the group she wanted to be in managing that process. Right? Because you have these two things, right? You have the pace you want to run and the speed you want to run. And also how that 
manifests itself in terms of the people you're running with, right? Like you talked about two races ago, you passed the the, the pacer before the end of the first lap, right? So you have like kind of the extreme example of that. Um, and she mentioned how for her, it was like, all right, I don't necessarily want to be here in the pack, but I also want to run this pace. So how do you kind of work within those two ideas and try to have them coalesce as much as possible? Um, I think it just comes with um, just racing. Like I said, I think, um, you know, now being at my third race, I kind of knew what feels comfortable and kind of like where I want to be sitting at. Obviously, um, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think for me, I just kind of tend to just feel it out. You know, like if, if the guys in the front would have gone out in 47, you know, I would have been still sitting, you know, third or fourth and, and who knows what I would have come through at. Um, just cause you know, I want to be engaged in the race. Right. So, um, I guess for me, it's just, yeah, I like to, you know, be relaxed as much as possible and I think that that comes with, you know, letting, you know, one or two guys in front of me kind of dictate the pace. Gotcha. So that's kind of how I gauge off. Well, it's it's very obvious how different your demeanor is in this conversation than the last one. Right. So it wasn't like the last one was oh, it's not as if we started recording like. 10 minutes after the finish line. You know what I mean? Like you had time to decompress, but it was obvious that you were frustrated. Yeah. Right. And now it's obvious as someone said, not only can, not only can I hear you, it does like the people listening to the podcast can we're on video. So I can see you just seem totally different. So let's go into the practice piece, right? Cause obviously a lot of this has manifested itself on race day from practice. All right, let's go like in like last week before the race. Right. So talk, talk to me about what that, you know, day by day, what that looked like. And then also what, what race day looked like in terms of what else you did, because obviously, like you mentioned, you're not trying to peak right now. So there's a lot of work that has to go into this. And also you have to kind of ban balance, kind of manage, manage that idea of, all right, when I'm racing, I want to give it my full effort, but I also want to make sure that I'm not exact, that I'm not peaking too early. So after the whole meet, like I like we talked about, I got out hard and quite didn't have it the last hundred meters. And so as a as a racer and runner, like it, I don't like that feeling of you know I I won, but I didn't like that feeling of like dying the last hundred meters. Like that was the last thing on my mind leading up to a new race, right? So my focus for my preparation for you know my race in Florida was to you know, in the Wednesday workout where we did, um, 10 by 200, um, my focus was to feel smooth, right? Like, you know, we started at 28 seconds and worked our way down to race pace. So towards the end, you know, my focus was to feel light and, and, and fast running 25s, um, to kind of forget about that lactic, you know, lactic acid that I felt, you know, the last hundred meters, um, so that was kind of my focus. Um, and, you know, we got to Florida Friday, race Saturday. You know, Friday I just had a mileage, did four miles easy and was able to get on the track and do some strides to kind of, you know, get the legs loose and going. Um, and then race day, you know, it was – I liked it a lot better because it was it was a, a one – it was like one of the first races of the day. And to, I, I prefer that. Just because, you know, 
I, I just need to worry about pretty much breakfast and then it's like time to warm up and, and race. And then you kind of get the whole day to yourself instead of waiting, you know, until, you know, nighttime and it kind of like, just, I like to just get it over with. Um, so yeah, it was, it was all good vibes. Um, get there, you know, it's kind of hot, but it, it felt nice. You know, this was actually like one of the first legit, you know, pro meets of the year that I've gone to. So it was nice, you know, seeing b- other big names there, um, made it feel more legit. So yeah, I think all around, like, it's just, it was like a good setup. You know, it was, I was glad that I was able to get two races under my belt before this to kind of, you know, get in the groove again of things and, and compete. All right. So tell me about race day. So as, as do you do you put in work after the race? Yes. So um, I think it's it's normal for pros. You know, right. I, I, but I, here's the thing: it's normal for you, but li- most of the people listening, this is like ext- this is abnormal to the max. Yeah. Like they wouldn't have even thought that this was potentially going on. So I I want to get into this not just with you but with some of our other folks as well. To this is this is I think the, an interesting part of the journey for a lot of people. Like hearing this, be like, wait, what? After the race, you're doing what? I, I, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. So so I, uh, for people that don't really know, um, most professionals, uh, I would say, you know, middle distance to runners to distance runners um, tend to do a workout. You know, after the race. Um, for me, this this past weekend, I had um, so it, since we didn't have access to a track, it was kind of a, a fart lick, you know, just kind of get on the roads and um, what I had was three by four minutes hard, um, two minutes jog, and then I had three by one minute on, two minute jog. Um, so yeah, um, I finished my race um, and usually. You know, you you do it after, right after you jog for a little bit, and then you go right into it since you're nice and warm. But um, you know, with winning, sometimes at this professional meets, you get selected to get drug tested, and you know that takes a while sometimes because you don't have to pee right away. And so I was in there waiting, and I think you know, two hours later, I was able to finally get out of there and go do the workout, but. Yeah, no, it was just, you know, just to get volume in. Like I said, we're not, these races aren't, you know, we want to run well, but this isn't our main focus right now. We want to keep the volume up and, you know, peak in June, you know, at the trials when, when it, when it matters, you know? No, that's great. All right. So you mentioned before your workout earlier in the week, you did the 10 by 200 at 25 seconds and then bring it. No, I'm sorry. At 56 second pace, so 28 seconds, bringing it down to 25. Um, when you're doing that workout, two things: what shoes are you wearing, and then in addition, what's the rest look like? So you know, we usually get 60 seconds to 75 seconds jog. So it's um, it, it it's a it's a decent rest. Um, so is that kind of like 200 meters jog for 200 meters sprinting? So no, we'll, we'll, we'll do the, the 200 and then kind of with the 60 seconds, you kind of jog around there and then you go. Oh, okay. Yes. Gotcha. Um, and I, I usually stay in flats. Um, I like to, to get, you know, flats that are 
have support, but also feel light. You know, running 28 seconds is, it's, you know, it's, it'll be harder, right, with the heavier flat. Um, so, yeah, I, I usually, with these kind of workouts, I'll, you know, 80% of, of the workout, I'll stay in flats. And towards the end, you know, once I'm running, you know, 25 seconds, 24 seconds, um, I'll turn over into spikes to really, you know, kind of work smarter and not harder and kind of feel the rhythm with spikes. Right. And it's interesting. So I was going through like a deep dive on shoes the other day, just like from like a weight perspective, like looking at like flats versus like some you you find some road racing shoes or road running shoes which people will use for like a tempo day or like say someone like me goes to the track to do a track workout i might i don't have you know i have spikes but say like i probably aren't wearing spikes probably wearing something as if i was going to do a fartlek workout on the roads like something pretty similar and it was interesting i was looking at the weights the weights aren't a whole lot different yet they're constructed so different so describe to us like how a flat or a spike might not end up being a whole lot lighter than say a tempo day shoe, but they're constructed so much different and how it affects you as a runner when you're using them. So, yeah, I mean, I, like you talked about it, there's, I feel like nowadays uh, running companies are um, the, the weight difference isn't, isn't much from, you know, a trainer to flat, but I feel like the sole and the thickness of it, you know, I feel like some help you, get more on your toes and, and you feel more on your toes, more springy. Um, and so, you know, for, for workouts, like I said, two hundreds where, you know, you're going somewhat fast. Um, that's typically what I wear. And I feel like what most of my teammates wear just because a, a trainer doesn't give you the same pop. And then with the spikes, well, yeah, that's, that's what they're designed for to kind of help you grip on the track and get on your toes so it's it's easier to go faster. And what's the flexibility like in those shoes? Is it, is it Do they have that kind of carbon plate technology in there as well, or are they pretty flexible and you can really turn them? So the ones I wear are pretty simple. Um, it's They're just a foam. They don't have my, my, my flats. They don't have any carbon plate in them. It's just, I mean, if you see them, they're super simple. But, yeah, they're comfortable to me. They give me the support that I need that. Um, so you could like curl the tip of him, like, but like into the tongue. Yes. Like if you wanted to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And then the spikes that I wear, um, uh, the ones I wore this past weekend, they do have a carbon plate in them. Um, I don't know if I noticed it much, but, um, yeah, I feel like that's, that's what, that's what's, um, the new technology, right? It's either running companies put, some sort of car- carbon plate on it or you know they're not competing yeah that's true and even even going back like even for you know sprinter spikes you know going back you know many years you always had like that firmer technology because just how the the just how you'd insert the screws right you'd have that plastic plate yeah in the front anyway just as like a way to anchor the screws in yeah all right, no, that's interesting I know because I it's I wanted to bring that up because it was funny I was looking at the spikes and I just had this preconceived notion that they would be so much lighter than like, you know, say if I'm running in, I'll just give you an example, right? So if I have, if I'm doing a tempo day, the shoes I have upstairs, like next to my door, like the Skechers Razor Plus. So like, you know, there's a stack to them. They're kind of like the Brooks Hyperion Tempo. If someone, if people don't know them, you know, they're like 5.9 ounces. 
So, like, they're super light, but they're a road running shoe for sure. Like, no one would ever confuse it for anything else. And it's interesting. I was looking at some spikes. I'm like, wow, it's almost the same weight. And they're so different. No, yeah. I mean, like I said, I feel like there's, you know, there's there's a running shoe or, or a spike that kind of, like, works for whatever kind of runner or foot striker you are, right? Like, um, I feel like I've, I've kind of worn a variety in my career um and feel like i go through little phases where you know i'll like a more supportive spike and then i'll like a more aggressive spike kind of depends so gotcha all right so what's up next what's the calendar look like moving forward so next this week i have a bye week which is you know good after having three weeks of racing um, not that I need it. Like, uh, if we had a race this week, I'd be glad to go race. I'm feeling good, but no, I, I think it'll be good to, you know, get, you know, more, more volume of, of working. Um, but the following week I'll race in Iowa at the USA road mile champs on Wednesday. Um, I think it's April 20th something. So are you running the mile? Yes. Hey now, look at you. Yeah, I'm excited. I um, think it'll it'll be fun to, um, just because that's early on, that's, you know, even now, that's kind of what my coach was, you know, training me with more strength. Um, so it'll be good to see, um, test the strength out, you know. Oh, that's interesting. So that's Wednesday, April 21st, and then April 24th or 25th, so couple of days later um i'll race i'll stay there in iowa and race the 1500 at drake relays so that's gonna be a big one well you said before you love to be in those big races because that's how you like to, to situate yourself for race day and while you've been in some some nice races so far obviously you know the history of the drake relays is i would assume going to be a step up in terms of the, the competition from what you've seen so far yeah no for sure i think um the U.S. Road Mile Champs. Um, this is I went. I was there last year and I think finished sixth or something. Didn't go quite as planned, but um, feel like I'm a lot fitter this year going into it. So I'm excited. Like I said, I'm hopefully you know have a solid performance and can place better than last year. <laughs> There you go. All right. So I have to ask then. So for a road mile, and people also are familiar with like the Fifth Avenue mile, the New York Roadrunners group does every fall. What's harder, the mile on a track where it's, you know, somewhat repetitive or just that straight shot mile ahead? Um, Honestly, I, I think the mile on the track, just because, I don't know, I feel like you're so focused on, you, you know, it's, you're doing loops and on the road it kind of goes forever or not forever but as soon as you know it's like you know you have 400 meters left so it's kind of like it's hard to gauge yourself right in the road which makes it go by I feel like quicker oh, okay I remember last year we ended on the track but we like with the blink of an eye I remember turning and being on the track and it was like whoa this we're almost done like we gotta gotta get going right and i feel like on on the track it hurts a little more just because you're more aware of it you know you hit 1200 and you're like freak i still have 400 meters left 
Right, and you know your splits like to the second. You probably know with every foot strike like what your time should be. Yeah, but no, for sure. I feel like road miles are super fun. Um, this is this is gonna be my the third one I've ever done. Um, but yeah, I, I I I like it a lot more. All right, Abe. Good luck, and I can't wait to ch- I can't wait to chat again. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Abe, thank you so much for checking in and giving us a scoop on how things are going. I'm so glad that things are going well and hopefully just continue going up and up and up. Big shout out to Koros again for being the presenting sponsor of this series. I just love those watches and I love talking to these amazing athletes. It is so much fun. So thank you so much for listening. If you've been keeping track of who we've been talking to, I think we need to catch up for sure with Tyler Day very soon. So hopefully we get to get him on the podcast shortly. We'll check up with uh, Dana Giordano, see how her running at Altitude Camp is going. We just spoke with Kira uh, D'Amato. We got to get Frank Lara on here. Um, um, you know, it's, you know, Frank ran at the Gate River Run a couple weeks ago, but then the shooting in Boulder happened. And, you know, that's Boulder is uh, near and dear to Frank's heart. It's where he lives. Um, he's actually, you know, close friends with people who are in and around that scene. It's just been a hard, it's been a hard thing for him. Uh, and it's one of those things where that shooting touched a lot of people um, in very serious ways. And uh, I know he's he's working through it and we'll get, on, get him on here uh, at some point to talk about how things are going for him. And, you know, I don't want to, I certainly don't want to rush it, but I do want to hear ultimately how things are going for him because he's such a fascinating guy and i know so many of you are excited to follow his journey as well so um just want to give him a shout out and say hey we're thinking about you and we certainly hope things are going well uh race season is picking off steam and there's going to be races all over the place. And as you heard in this episode, in a couple weeks, the Drake Relays are going to be happening. That's going to be an enormous event. So whether you're following these six athletes or not, if you're just a fan of running, my goodness, that's going to be uh, a big thing to watch. That's for sure. So thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of the Rambling Runner Podcast Network. Thank you to my producer, David Margetti, from InPost Media. Also, thank you to Metapi for the music and his song, Evolution.